Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 75, an aspiring through hiker. We are now on Patreon.com. If you would like to support Trust the Trail podcast, please check out our Patreon page at Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail. We would love for you to be a part of our outdoor backpacking community. Plus, you can receive our podcasts early before it hits the world. Another way for you to support us is by listening to Trust the Trail podcast on the Radio Public app for both iOS and Android. So download it today and add Trust the Trail to your personal library. Enjoy. On this episode, we record live out in the field from the Dahlonega Trail Festival in the North Georgia Mountains, speaking with one of our own podcast listeners, Carrie. Carrie shares with us her aspirations of through hiking the Appalachian Trail in the upcoming 2019 season and exactly how she is preparing for her own journey. We laugh a lot during this podcast as Carrie was such a great sport for letting us talk with her. It's not every day we get to meet one of our own listeners, and we are so genuinely grateful for Carrie taking the time to come hang with us. So by the way, you can also join in that discussion on our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join in on the topic, the conversation and join our podcast family. Come hang with us. So we are talking to Carrie. Carrie, good to see you. Well, good to see you as well. So Carrie, um, we met her. We're meeting her today at Dahlonega Trail Days in Northern Georgia. And Carrie listens to our podcast. So you found us listening to the podcast, right? I did. Um, I was a person catching up on the podcast and uh, started listening right along and then heard about the Facebook group via the podcast <laughs> and um, became a member and then found our lovely hosts here, Scott and Ariane, and- Wandering we, around the park yeah, aimlessly. Yeah. We'll message y'all on the, on the <laughs> Facebook page and said, uh, I'd be interested in coming to one of your um, boot camp classes and then said I was coming to the trail fest and you had mentioned that you'd be here as well so here we are That's on this awesome. lovely warm day yes <laughs> so we're sitting at a picnic table under a shade tree and we're watching I don't know I, I'd say there's a couple thousand at least here in Dahlonega um, the Ari population has doubled by <laughs> leaps and bounds this weekend. Right. Uh, Ariai is here, Merrill is here, we've got a bunch of gear outfitters here, uh, food, beer tent um, and uh, it's kind of like uh, Dahlonega is kind of like a it's a trail town for the Appalachian Trail I guess but it's not like a resupply town um, and so but it's a great everyone I, mean, I think people when they hike the Appalachian Trail all end up in Dahlonega somehow some way uh, whether they're gonna if, if it's bad weather they come to Lanaga to kind of like wait for bad weather to start out I couldn't but you know well Delanaga is extremely supportive of the trail itself because this is kind of the hub prior to immersing yourself on the Appalachian Trail and so it is a very supportive town of both of its um, you know day hiking and uh, backpacker aspirations yeah speaking of aspirations Carrie's got some aspirations to hike the Appalachian Trail. So, so what's your, what is your plan and how long have you been conjuring this up? 
Well, a plan, huh, about that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm currently living in Middle Tennessee, so driving four hours to this fest kind of speaks volumes to different things that I'm looking to do. Um, I first learned about the trail back like in the high school days watching a PBS special um, you know it was a kid that grew up with three stations so saw that special and just kind of thought it was an amazing thing to do but never thought that was going to be a thing in my life um, fast forward to being in my 30s being in corporate America for couple years too long right now uh, just kind of need a little bit of a break um, in the past I have done some solo travel on my own um, some hiking on my own but never backpack hiking a lot of just car camping type situations um, so my aspirations are to do a flip-flop hike as I was talking to our lovely hosts um, the flip-flop does answer a lot of questions for me. Um, it's a good timing aspect in my life. Um, I was telling these guys I uh, actually plan on getting married in March and then taking a six-month hiatus from the new husband. So <laughs> I think that just you Talk know, about a honeymoon hike. Will be great. Will be will be great. You know, we won't be able to fight that first six months. Um, <laughs> getting through the honeymoon period. Uh, so flip flop, looking to start in West Virginia and then hiking north. Um, I'm originally from upstate New York and have lived in Georgia and have lived in Tennessee, lived in Kansas for a little bit. Um, so the whole trail is kind of, everywhere is kind of home base, which is a real nicety about that. Um, and then the flip-flop is going to allow me to avoid some things that people like to complain about, which I'm like, all right, well, why sleep in the snow if you don't have to? Um, so gonna have a little bit of weather on my side. And- um, Wait, so you're actually, your plan is to not sleep in the snow? Well, so I am from Syracuse, New York, which is the snowiest city in America. We yeah, average <laughs> we average 170 inches a year. So if I start in May and head north, hopefully the snow will be gone by then. We do typically have snow right up until Mother's Day up there. Um, and then when I flop back through, if I hit it around August or September, only place I'm a little bit nervous are, are the Smokies. Um, but I have spent some quite a bit of time up in the Smokies on my other adventures and uh, fingers crossed no snow fingers crossed we're, we're banking on this year uh, allowing a little bit of snow later in the season to derail that plan <laughs> please no snow dances not needed yeah not no. needed you know you just jinxed, jinxed yourself <laughs> and on everybody there. else yeah. out there yeah. on the trail yeah. <laughs> no I mean I think that uh, I, I think that logically a lot of hikers these days are really logically thinking through the plan whereas in previous years it was a, it was very much like you either go north to south or south to north and it was there really was no variation on that um, it was very structured this is how you do the Appalachian Trail there's only two ways to do it and and now with the grown in popularity it's allowing for you know this idea of it's it, you really can hike the trail any way you want to hike the trail um, and it does alleviate the biggest problem, mm -hmm. which is the overpopulation of the trail and the crowdedness and the, um, the you know, the, the, the way in which those crowds are impacting the environment.
Yeah. I still think Mother Nature doesn't really care. Fair enough, fair enough. That's, you know. <laughs> Whether you flip-flop It's or... easiest to explain to my mother. That's why I chose yeah. it for the weather. Yeah. Um, but but as... logically, it sounds so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, avoiding the bubble is a big deal. Um, it is. Again, that's the biggest Corporate uh, burnout. The last thing I want to do is hang out with more people. Um, but... <laughs> Spoken so truthfully. But I have affectionately called it being a flip-flopper. You know, how do I avoid the flipping bubble? Um, because most of the flippers start in Harper's Ferry around that time. So thinking about starting a little bit due north of that to avoid some of that. Um, but yeah, there's just so many, like I said, environmental impacts. Uh, here sitting at the Trail Fest, we all met at the hiker panel and they were talking about how they may not allow Katahdin to be the endpoint anymore because of the environmental impact. And I yeah. just was blown away by that. Yeah. So I was like, well, I gotta do it now. <laughs> um, it's gotta take a couple years for that to go through regulation. <laughs> right, right, you have a little bit of safety net there. Um, so what would you say, what would you say, Carrie, is your biggest concern before you step out on the trail? 100% the, the mind games that we can all think up in our head. Um, I, I say, you know, I'm coming out of corporate America and why do I want to be around people? But in that same breath, that's what I've known for the last decade, uh, smoozing and boozing and hey, how are you type things. And then it's going to be me talking to the raccoons about that. <laughs> um, and then just the emotional aspects. Um, I will be leaving my, at that time, should be future husband. Um, we'll be leaving my dogs and everything in, in like that. Um, the physical aspect of it, being a flip-flopper, you know, by the time I get to Katahdin, hopefully, you know, I'll be a little bit more in shape. Um, but that is when you get in those northern parts where other folks had started in Georgia, they have thousands of miles and they're really in shape when they get to those points. I'm going to have hundreds of miles. So making sure that I can physically withstand that. You know, from another perspective, though, you also won't have the physical beating down of your body mm -hmm. that um, other hikers starting from the south are going to experience. Yes, I've by heard the time that. They get to the point. So there's always, you know, half glass full, half glass empty kind of aspect. Um, no matter where you start and how you go about it, it's all mind over matter. Mm -hmm. Well, Each it is because the number one reason people get off the trail is loneliness. Mm -hmm. So even if you have a thousand miles in or you have a hundred miles in, you're for some reason you're always battling that psychological kind of demon inside that says, you know, you don't have to be out here. Yeah. You don't have you. You know. You're doing this voluntarily. You are, you are <laughs> volunteering for this. Um, so I think that's that's a battle. Now, even on the hiker panel we were listening to today, um, you know, how many hundreds of miles did mm -hmm. they have in when you know seduction came their way? Right. And uh, the 2004 guy said, yeah, my uncle was coming to pick me up. I saw light at the end of the tunnel. I was in his head. He was already off the yeah. trail. And, I, and we see that a lot uh, where it's almost like a once once that like little tiny seed pops in where, you know, I could get off. It grows mm -hmm. exponentially. And the next thing you know, you're you're off the trail. Right. So I, I think the physical part of it, unless you get injured uh, and you have to get off, but for the most part, you're, it's, and even when you know your feet hurt, that still ends up being a psychological issue because you're now you have to work through the pain, mm -hmm. you have to hike through the pain. Um, but I, I, I think you know, 
it's like Arian said, it, I don't think it really makes any difference where you start on the trail. I mean, you're still going to hit those psychological aspects of the trail, no matter no matter where you no matter where you start, you know. So, um, so that that's awesome. That's really cool. So, what is your have you have you looked at gear yet or? Yes and no. I mean, uh, anybody who listens to this podcast, I'm sure, probably on a couple forums as well. Yeah. Uh, the good book, that of Facebook, keeps you pretty well uh, intact. Um, I have some gear. I've had the Appalachian Trail map in my home office for the last four years staring at it. So, you know, catch the different REI sales when I get my 20% off coupon for one item. Um, and so currently I have gear, but it's never been used. So got a nice gear closet with some nice shiny new gear in it. Um, about the only thing I have used are my trekking poles. Um, so looking to go lightweight like anybody would, right. but also staying a little bit conscious of my budget because uh, nothing like paying thousands of dollars to be homeless. Yes. <laughs> so it's a real right, hard, you know. Right. Um, I mean, that really is a very logical way of yes, looking at it. Yes, um, So gear that I do have is... And then returning it for better homeless gear. Correct, correct. <laughs> Good thing I got that one-year return policy. So I'm like, all right, I'll just buy the expensive stuff right at the start. <laughs> um, but gear, my biggest one I'm looking at is um, what I'm going to choose for footwear. Yeah. I do have a trail race that I'm going to do next week, actually, down in Chattanooga. Um, I'm, I'm going to test out some trail runners and see how that goes. Um, but that's that's my biggest kind of, you know, do I do the trail runners? Do I do the boots? I went to REI and met a gentleman who did the entire trail in Chacos. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> and he probably didn't do the entire trail in, in Chacos either. That's what he said. I don't know. You know, feet are one of those things that... It's, it's just like if you know if the glove fits. Mm -hmm. kind That's of thing. exactly right. And you know, we, we get the, I see that question a lot on the Facebook mm -hmm. forums. Like, well, what's the best yeah. boots or what's the best trail runner? Well, the best is the one that fits and doesn't give you blisters mm -hmm. and doesn't make your feet bleed. If you're happy in tennis shoes and your feet are healthy and they're doing real well, mm -hmm. hike in tennis shoes yeah. if that's your if that's your thing. You know, I mean. You, you've got to be happy out there, and if your feet aren't happy, you're not going to be happy. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm a horse person, and we always say, without a no hoof, no horse. That's so true. as a hiker, you know, no foot, no go. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is kind of important. Footwear is, is a bit yeah. important on yeah. a long distance hike. That is that is for certain. <laughs> so I think with the footwear, it's just testing it, testing mm -hmm. it, testing it, playing around with it see what happens long term but like testing it on terrain that is similar you to what you will be doing. You gotta test it on the AT. Mm -hmm. That's the key. A lot of people test their gear on flat. Oh yeah. You know they'll go walking to State paths. Park, walking paths. <laughs> yeah you know um, you know up and down their their street mm -hmm. except when you're going up the elevation gains and losses on the AT it, it's all about pressure on your foot and your foot going forward moving backwards mm -hmm. going from side to side your foot's swelling yeah which is a whole different issue yeah. <laughs> you know um, and what you thought fit perfectly before now fits terribly so I would always test, you know, my footwear on the AT as much as you can, as hard as you can, you know, so you get that feeling in there. I got to say, one of my favorite things, and this may not work for you, Carrie, but one of my favorite things to do when I'm on a longer trail or, uh, you know, longer days 
is taking those rest breaks at creeks and soaking your feet. And it's something so refreshing to your foot. I mean, because your feet are everything. And dipping them in cool water, cold water, giving them an ice bath, um, it really makes the difference mentally and giving your feet that, that rest, that air break, that breathability, just making sure they're dry before putting them back in. No, that, that's a huge point. That is awesome to, you know, like I said, and it does, it gives you that mental yeah. break to really focus and say, nope, we're gonna take a minute. Yeah. You yeah. know, I pay extra for that at the you know, salon as it is for the, oh, you know. know, that fresh cool water. It's, yeah, I mean, everybody right. pays this enormous amount to get pampered, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it really is about taking care of both the mental and the physical simultaneously. And it's so hard. It's one of the hardest things for me to do is give myself the time to stop because you just want to push through. And if you stop and you take that moment for yourself, it actually lengthens the amount in which you can actually push yourself mm -hmm. even further. So unsolicited advice, but I mean, it, it, meant, it meant the difference between a good day and a bad day out there for Your me. Your whole so. podcast has been that for me, unsolicited advice. <laughs> I Stuff know. I didn't know I needed to know. Maybe that's and what the podcast The reason why I reached out to <laughs> these fine folk advice. and said, hey, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> so have you, have you mentioned to, uh, you know, friends and family about this crazy idea to walk through 14 states? So I've been coming a little bit more vocal about it actually in the, just the past week. I went home for Labor Day, home meeting upstate New York, and you get around home people and the liquid courage starts flowing <laughs> and you just get talking. Um, so <laughs> don't know how much I did say, um, but I've been for the most part pretty private about it. Um, I'm not going to be a person that posts a lot on Facebook not gonna be doing it for the gram you know it's a it's a private journey um, wait you are you saying you're not gonna create your own YouTube channel <laughs> I feel like that space has already been taken you think? <laughs> uh, I don't want to flood the market that's find me at www <laughs> um, but yeah I mean vocal to the people who need to know about it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> not the job so well your secret is safe with us okay, we, we're not telling that. anybody right now I appreciate that um, but yeah yeah, I mean, the people who need to know, know about it, and it, it's fitting for my personality. It's not taking anybody by surprise, which is good. Um, this just seems normal. Yeah. So, I don't know what that says about me, but... <laughs> as long about as it's not a surprise to yeah. your soon-to-be husband, we're good Correct. To I did clue him in. <laughs> so, you have support. Good. That's that's huge. Yes, you know, when yeah. you're on the trail, is having people, whether it's friends or family, I, when when I did it, you know, we didn't, I mean, back in my day, but, you know, like, they gave me phone cards, you know, yes. like, for the payphone, <laughs> right? So, um, I remember I was having a really bad day when it was raining, and I was coming across a payphone. Then I had to dig through my whole pack to find these stupid phone cards <laughs> with a long, like, 100-digit uh, long distance when you were number doing your, to dial your, like, to get um, credit. It was, I was a freshman in college, actually. So I had the same phone cards in <laughs> yeah, my dorm room yeah. to call home to mom. And it took you like 30 <laughs> minutes yes. to dial the whole number. And, was... and then the person you're calling, you know, you're crying your eyes out, you need support. And it's like, this person's unavailable to talk right now. You're like, <laughs> well, that was $5 to get their answering machine. Um, so, yeah. So, so you'll be providing me your numbers, correct? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> 
we'll be putting those in later this afternoon. <laughs> oh, so, so well, nice. But that's funny you should say that because we had a friend last year that was hiking it and she did call crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, you're good. You know. Yeah, I hope you speak sob. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many phone conversations I had um, with my hiking partner after I got off and she continued on it was it was becoming a three day a week phone ritual uh, where she would just cry her heart out and I, we would get her back up on that trail um, I almost believe we forced her to do another 500 miles on this trail because she, mean, she's just calling another 500. No, she, I'm serious I mean she would call Probably. and she'd be like I'm getting off I'm like, yeah no no. <laughs> but I but I but I do firmly believe that um you, you need know, that. Finding that support, finding somebody that you can be real mm -hmm. with because when you're trying to convince when you're trying to convince somebody to convince you. Right. That's when you know that you've gotten the wrong support. Um, and that you need somebody very empathetic, yes. not sympathetic. Exactly. And I don't need anybody to tell me, yeah, just come home. Yeah. Because you don't want that. I don't need to hear yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, wait. I know I can come home. I'm paying my mortgage still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully aware. It's going to be there. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, that, that is such a hard element to, to find the right balance. But um, people in your life are everything, so... Coach them on what you need prior to going in, and they'll ultimately return the favor back to you. So. Yeah, and if you literally are talking to raccoons, I think that's a red flag, and you want to share well, that. You know, share that with us. They may have some good intel. To <laughs> <laughs> so know where the food, the food is. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Find the food. So, what um, what are you most excited about? Because I mean, I know for you, this is such a personal journey, something that you've been looking at for years on end. But at the at the core of it, what are you like most excited about? As crazy as it's gonna sound, um, actually getting back into a routine. Um, the routine of yes, it's gonna be a job. You get up, you put stuff away, you eat, you continue on, and then you're gonna do that again the next day. Um, I'm currently in high pressure sales. Um, so always looming at that quota constantly and then you hit quota and things are great and then the month rolls over and you're at zero. Yeah. <laughs> Not exciting. Did that for 10 years, yeah. I know. It's and crazy. you gotta find different avenues and this and that. So just honestly, a little bit of routine. Some might say it's needed back in my life. Um, and Which then, is really interesting because I, I hear the opposite mm -hmm. of that so much. Because so many people have the opposite life of me. They wake up 9 to 5, they have to check in with somebody, and they go and do their thing, they get their paycheck. I have to get a paycheck, and I have to do it my own way. But if I don't do it correctly, <laughs> right. I'm the first to get spoke to about it. Um, but, yeah, just the overall freedom and structure. It, yeah. it, it, it kind of goes both ways to me. And that really is what you know, hiking the AT is all about. It mm -hmm. really is about routine. And I know for me, that was one of the things that kind of shocked me um, because I was in a routine and I was looking to get out of a routine, mm -hmm. you know, to be free, and right. to do whatever I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't that long into the, into the hike where I thought, you know, I'm doing the same thing every day. Yeah. And so it's like a, a different mindset, you know? So that's really cool. I mean, that, 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 I think that will help you for sure if that's what you're looking mm -hmm. for, because it's definitely routine. 
It's definitely other than <laughs> lots of routine. Other than <laughs> a, a massive thunderstorms yes. and, and all that other stuff, you know. But snow stuff. That's the fun stuff. <laughs> so I would say that you're not afraid of snow. Obviously, you're just trying to avoid it at all costs. But is there something that you're actually fearful of going in? Like something, like something in particular. Um, obviously not a raccoon. <laughs> you're you're comfortable talking with yeah. them. Um, I am the one thing I am fearful of, and it's not what they are, but bugs. I'm not fearful of bugs, just how hypersensitive I am to their bites. Um, I'm a person that if I do get a mosquito bite, I, I itch and scratch until I'm bleeding or black and blue. Um, I am also tick-borne illnesses. Yep. From um, the world that I'm coming from, I'm coming from the veterinary <laughs> world and see have seen a lot of dogs diagnosed with it. Yeah. A lot of good products out there, um, but unfortunately, currently there is nothing for humans. Um, so that aspect of the creepy crawlers, right? Um, a bear you can see, a bear you can hear. Yeah. Ticks go unnoticed. They're sneaky too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have taken many a ticks off my body. Um, it's almost the education that you come with based on your, you know, with what you, what it is that you do is almost a deterrent for you not wanting to come across them. Yes. Even more. Hypersensitive. You know hyper so aware. Much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which is, is detrimental. Too much education can sometimes be a bad thing. Um, but so uh, do you have plans on how to counterbalance that? I know part of it for you is the flip-flop mm -hmm. to try and control the environment that you have to minimize the impacts of the worst case situation with bugs. Um, so I have looked to have my clothes treated. I will pay that extra money for the pyrethrin yeah, um, and have it professionally done. Okay. Um, you know, from what I've learned, they it does last about 10 times longer yep. than that. Um, and then on label, off label, there are some products within the veterinary world that I will be consuming um, that has been studied in humans to actually deter from some of these tick-borne illnesses. I do have that background knowledge for myself. And we are getting with her after this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like <laughs> but, this okay. is going to be golden. So, in addition to that, then what else is it that you're looking at? As far as the bug control? Yeah, just uh, to, to minimize the impact. Um, I mean, again, that flip-flop, you are going to avoid a lot of the seasonal type stuff. Um, but really, the permethrin, the oral products that I'm going to be able to consume, uh, the correct netting, yeah. and, and different things like that. But I'll be getting 100% DEET. Uh, yeah. Alaska REI does sell that, FYI. <laughs> she has done her research. I have. Um, and then I probably will look to hike with a lot of full coverage. Um, I do like to hike in the SPF shirts. Not that the green tunnel is going to provide a lot of sun. Wear a hat. But the hats, like you know, covering up there, um, looking at the different gear as far as, you know, hiking and maybe running tights as opposed to, you know, conventional pants. Um, coverage is key when it comes to any of the bugs. So I would ask you one other question now, the mental aspect of your, you, you're putting so much into protecting yourself and the avoidance of, um, the avoidance of, 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 of putting yourself at risk for all these things. Do you think that the mental aspect will come back at play when you do have, you are going through an area where bugs are crawling into your eye, eye sockets. You know, you are swarmed by gnats. So, you know, all these uncontrollables that occur out there, 
Do you fear the mental aspect playing a role in pushing you off? Honestly, yes. That is, it's not so much encountering the gnats, but it's, like I said, it's the aftermath when I get scratching so right. much. Staph infection is C a huge correct. concern. You know, yeah. I've had chiggers before, yeah. and yeah. Lord help me, I would not, you know, put that yeah. on my worst enemy. Um, but that is what I'm very fearful of, and I'm very vocal about that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in the little bit of supplies I'll keep, I will keep some antihistamines, Benadryl-type situations. And that may be planned into, like, you know, your, your zero days where, mm -hmm. you know, you're taking a day off, you know, you put your hydrocortisone cream on there, your Benadryl, because yeah. you don't want to be hiking with Benadryl. Right, you know okay. I mean? that, I've hiked with her on Benadryl before. <laughs> a little dopey. A little dopey. <laughs> uh, you know, you're taking your oatmeal bath. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The hotel. You know, so that may be planned, on, you know, when you when you look at your time frame, that may be something that you, you plan mm -hmm. and that you do have control over, you know, to say, okay, well, you know, here are my rest right. stops that in case I encounter this, I can go take a zero day. And what's so crazy about all the information at our fingertips is it's just too much information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, prior to this, I did do a cross-country trip on my own and really didn't plan it out so much. You know, I left New York, knew somebody in Kentucky, knew somebody in Texas, and knew somebody in Florida. Oh, and somebody in Oregon. And, you know, figure the rest out. Um, but it's a lot different when you're on America's highways yeah. than when you're on America's trail. Well, a little, <laughs> but you know what, though? Not that much more. Yeah, okay. I, I will say that, you know, in all honesty. Logistical, yes, Logistically, it's because I think it's the, you know, and again, we'll go back to trust the trail. Mm -hmm. You will encounter a ton of resources on the trail a ton okay you won't actually start running out of those resources until you actually start getting into the pennsylvania up in the the upper northeast section mm -hmm. um after harper's ferry um quite a bit up uh just, when you start kind of where you're starting okay yeah but 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 out you know like from georgia all the way really up to harper's ferry i mean you will run into a ton of resources and if somebody doesn't if you don't have it in your pack Somebody will, well, have that's what, of course my latter half of the yeah, trip. That, yeah. that Georgia yeah. Harper's yeah, yeah, Ferry. Yeah. And by that time, you would have been so used to, I mean, you would have gotten to a rhythm. Yes. And, but it, but you know, you don't have to plan the AT as much as you think you do. And then listen to your all's podcast, you know, and I have been very vocal. My attempt is a through hike, but right now I'm section hiking because yeah, until yeah, you do fine. it, you are that's only right. a section hiker until you complete that's that right. thing. Yeah. So uh, right now yeah. the goal is to go out and do that. But if I make it 700 miles, if I make it seven miles, it's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just, just, just eliminate those zeros. I, I think just getting out there is half the battle yes. for some people. And walking you know. away from a big girl job. Yeah. You know, at oh, the end of the huge. day, I have a couple zeros in my paycheck yeah. that I have available. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing that people can't get over is uh, – I grew up real poor and I've landed a very large paying mm -hmm. job and that I'm willing to be like, you know what, I'll come back to you if I need it. Yeah. Um, but I also have the confidence in myself that I can set it down and come back to mm -hmm. it because I got that job kind of like, oh, wow, okay, you want to hire me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I think that's something that I think more people are surprised about that I'm willing to walk away from such a big paying gig so early in my life. Well, I think the payoff you know the hopeful payoff and I, I i personally feel like it's a payoff one way if you finish it or not mm -hmm. it's still you still get the same type of payoff because you've done something that is a yearning it's something that you need to complete for yourself in your life and and 
and being able to step away and do that and then come back to something later mm -hmm. it's i mean it really is everything it's it's the getting there in the first place that is the hardest part well, once you're out there really you just have one one foot in front of the next that's what they tell me it's just as easy as walking <laughs> yeah. 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 give or take uh, a few more mental challenges i kind of look at it, i look at it like a baseball analogy you know like when you're sitting in the stands you always have one critic that yeah, I don't tells do sports ball, that, so. that you know like they always tell you like you know what that person should do mm -hmm. how they should bat and stuff like that but until you're up in the batter's box you, to me, it's like if you get that opportunity to get in the batter's box, it does, at that point, it doesn't really make any difference if you yeah. strike out or hit the ball. You're, you, you've made your way to actually stepping up to the plate, mm -hmm. so to speak. I mean, just getting out. On, I mean, for everything logistically you have to do in your life to plan for the day that you walk away from everything, that's all set. You walk away free, you step out of the car, you hit the trailhead. To me, that's, the, that's huge success huge success so if i call you after seven miles you're gonna be like we've done it dude i, dude, <laughs> I cried i bawled my eyes out at amicalola lodge oh jeez i i but my my uh did my, your ride even leave yet they did leave. No, i i had read all these books about oh there's gonna be so many people hiking with you, and oh, the trail is so beautiful, and there's gonna be unicorns and, and rainbows at Amicalola, and it's such a hiking community. My, you I should have gotten some new friends. Yeah, I, I, I was dropped off, and it was a, it was a thunderstorm. It was a massive thunderstorm, nice. raining, and we drove all the way from Chicago, and my friend, like says so i'm leaving you here i'm just driving away and i, I was like and this is like you know six months leaving the corporate world and i look at her and i'm like y yeah I, yeah that's the plan and then she was, so she started crying then i started crying and i go into the sign the trail book i'm like well how many how many people have been here today oh you're the first one i go it's 9 30 in the morning wow. i go it's a saturday like, and what day did you leave? It was like in March or something like Where that. Where the heck was everybody? It was a I... massive thunderstorm oh. going on. And I'm like, well, okay. So I started hiking up the approach trail by myself, pouring rain. I didn't even get up to spring again. I'm thinking, I don't know, man. I'm crying. You didn't sign up for this. And, and then this kid, he was like 18 years old, passed me up like I was walking with like a 60 pound, 65 pound pack. Yeah. Later, we find out that he had moonshine, and we, we all drank at one of the, the shelters. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you put all this planning into it. You have all these high expectations. You have hopes and your dreams. Just to get out there, man, I think is pretty successful as far as a change in your life mm -hmm. you know i think that's a pretty cool thing it's, it's a hard reset is what yeah. i'm looking yeah, for it's absolutely. just you know like start back at go <laughs> i think yeah. you're gonna find i think you're gonna find that i think you're gonna appreciate it too so um for any listeners out there is there a piece of advice from where you're at in your planning stage for wanting to do it that you would offer to them because there's so many people in this exact stage where you're at looking to get out there so with that i mean again i'm on the forums but i'm a lurker i don't post too many on there because everybody's got an opinion yeah. um i have found the most viable resources again i'm in middle tennessee so i do have pretty good access to some events um, but going to my local REI, 
and finding somebody there who has hiked the trail is always beneficial and then hitting up those REI classes. Um, two years ago I went to the Appalachian Trail kickoff fest so that's when I learned about some different packs and learned how to you know um, not freeze dry but uh, just dry food. Right. Um, dehydrated. Dehydrated, yep. thank you. And then coming to events like this because it's not like somebody's handing me a list and saying this is what you have to do. Right. It's just this is what we've done. And, and this is what's worked for us. Correct. And it may or may not work And for listening you. to your all's podcast, like I said, I probably found you I don't know, 75 in or so. Uh, so I had a lot of catching up to yeah. do. Um, and then just finding the different kind of tidbits and keys. I mean, by no means do I am a professional at this. I'm kind of out is. there going but like, let's see what works. Nobody's a professional But I do want to lay the best base that I can. Mm -hmm. Hence why I'm looking to maybe do your all's boot camp class. Right. You know, they are resources that I have available. Correct. It's great for my location. It does fit within my budget. Um, so might as well take all those opportunities. So my biggest thing to anybody was, you know, don't be afraid to be inquisitive, but just remember when you ask a question, don't take it to heart. That's not the only way to do it. That's right. And That's when people give you 50 different answers and they tell you what you're doing is not the right way, it, it just might work out for you fine. That's, uh, that is hands down some of the best advice that you probably could offer anybody. You know, any, any newbies, any people looking to have aspirations, building aspirations, and also the people that have been doing it for years. It's mm -hmm. good to just step back and... And it's great when you find somebody who knows what they're doing and they'll be the first to admit to say, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's when right. you get the cocky people right. are like, well, yeah. this is what yeah. you should be doing. I never take their word of advice right. because no, well said. Yeah. Well said. Well, I have immensely enjoyed our time together and getting to talk with you. This is this is really exciting yeah, to actually it is. get it's to very meet. Cool. And it was great because I, I did message these guys on Facebook, but did not take the next step of looking to see what they looked like. <laughs> um, so the moment they, you know, spoke and said hello, it was just, it was magical. It was like, oh, I know those voices. Which was funny because I wasn't sure what you looked like either, but when you walked up into the, uh, under the canopy, I thought, I think that's Carrie, I'm not sure. So when I messaged you, I'm like, well, we'll see who picks up the phone and looks at the message and turns around. But you have the you have the, the Apple watch, watch, you have the yeah. Apple Watch. It threw threw me for a loop. I'm like, okay, I think that's well. I mean, and that's Scott's message said, "Hey, we're under the pavilions," and I didn't know what the pavilions were because I was like, "Are you talking like the gazebos? Are you talking about the tents?" Oh, yeah, I was like, "I'm not exactly right. sure what he means." So I tried to play it off, try to play it off real cool, like, oh, "I'll get back to you." I'm like, "I have no idea what they look like," and I should have uh, sat there and looked up your Facebook pages, but uh, I digress. And I, but it was. Uh, it was a, a happy hello for Saturday. Well, I, I, oh my God, hands down, really, really awesome Saturday on so many different levels, getting to chat and meet you. But I think we have um, a, a talk to go yeah, to. Yeah, we're going to go to a talk. Yep. yep. So let's skedaddle. Yep, we're off. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a review on iTunes and help us get our podcast out. Plus, we always love to hear how we're doing and how we can do better. Shout outs to all of our Facebook members and our patrons, Rick Hornick, 
Jerry Burlston, Shirley Nutt, and Chuck Walsh. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and now on Radio Public, available both on iOS and Android. Remember, you can always support the trail on our Patreon page, where we put exclusive content for our Patreons just for you. In the meantime, get out there. Trust the trail. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.